Michael said, this is a, uh, a heavy night. And I want to lean into tonight one of the themes that we often don't get a chance to hear. And that's the theme of a prevailing and weighty and unshakable curse that is upon all human beings who are outside of Christ. In Galatians chapter 3, Paul says, For all who rely on the works of the law are under a curse, because it is written, Everyone who does not do everything written in the book of the law is cursed. Those are strong words. Cursed. All is certainly clear here that Paul is intending to say that every single human being who does not obey every single command out of the 613 in the Old Testament is under a curse. No freedom for reinterpretation here. You either perfectly obey the law of God or you are perfectly under the law of God's curse. When Paul says all who rely on it, he's actually even moving beyond what we do to even our heart motivations. You and I are not under a curse because of what we do alone. We are under a curse because of who we are. Paul says elsewhere in Romans chapter 3, verse 10 through 12, there is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands. There is no one who seeks after God. All have turned away. All alike have become worthless. There is no one who does what is good, not even one. Isaiah says it this way. A curse has consumed the earth and its inhabitants have become guilty. How did such a wretched plague like this come upon a good world that God created? Paul says that sin entered this world through one man, that is Adam, and death through sin. In this way, death spread to all people because all have sinned. What Adam did was so pervasive and so rebellious that it wasn't just Adam that was affected. It was you and I. We inherited this curse of rebellion so that all of our thoughts, all of our actions, every part of who we are has been tainted by the curse. There's no one here who has not sinned. There's no one here who has not violated God's law. You may not care what the law says. You may not have even read it, but your apathy and ignorance will not protect you from it. Left to our own devices, we are under a curse that we cannot escape. Although we try a million billion times and although we always believe that we can still break free, it is a sinister lie that will keep us broken and always seeking for a cure that we cannot find on our own, and that's the key. 
We are a people who put men and women on the moon. We're a people who believe that we're going to one day cure cancer, but we are a people who are incapable of curing this disease. We are a people on our own efforts who cannot reverse this curse. Listen to the scope of it as we go through the book of Deuteronomy. Moses has laid out for us what the law of God is, and God says that the law is good and he loves the law. And look at what Moses says. If you do not obey the Lord your God by following all of his commands and statues that I am giving you today, all of these curses will come and overtake you. And this is a long chapter, so I'm not going to get into it all. Just a few verses to demonstrate. Moses says, if you don't obey all of these commands, you will be cursed in the city. You will be cursed in the country. Your bread and your kneading bowl will be cursed. Your offspring will be cursed. Your land will be cursed. The young of your herds will be cursed. The newborn of your flocks will be cursed. You will be cursed when you come in and you will be cursed when you go out. And all of this is in God's word. All of our lives are so thoroughly under the condemnation of this curse that it's unescapable by our own Effort, again, that's the key. Effort, religion, performance, and any other human remedy that we can try will not rescue us. It's like putting a band-aid on a decapitation. It's like throwing an Olympic swimmer in the middle of an ocean and saying, save yourself. Let's look again at the text of Galatians and what it's saying. It says, everyone who does not do everything in the book of the law is cursed. And this is the New Testament. And this is what the text says, that everyone is under this. Now, I understand that we live in a culture that likes to boost our own egos. And I know that we live in a culture that likes to say, you do you and you are good. And that you're a special sun drop. But let's go through the commands just for a moment. We're not going to go through all 613. I would love that. We can't. But let's consider three. Have you ever murdered? Maybe someone here has. But what about Jesus when he says, if you've looked at your brother or sister with anger in your heart, then you've murdered them in your heart. Who here tonight, honestly speaking, can say that they have never been angry at another human being? We're all murderers, according to Jesus. Have you ever committed adultery? Maybe not. Maybe you have. But it, Jesus qualifies this again. And he says that even if you've lusted after another person, male or female, if you have in a moment of sexual weakness looked at them and longed for them in an inappropriate way, then you are guilty of adultery. So, so far, most of us in this room, dare I say all of us, are murderers and adulterers. Have you ever lied? This is another one of the Ten Commandments. Have you ever bear false witness? If you say no, you just did it. <laughs> we know it's true. By our own admission, we're liars, murderers, and adulterers. We are lawbreakers. And James makes this even more clear when he says, for whoever keeps the entire law... 
and yet stumbles at just one point is guilty of breaking it all. The obvious conclusion is that we are guilty. You may have been told that you're a good person. You may believe that you're just and that you're equitable. And when you compare yourself to other people, you're, you're basically good. And when you think about God, whether you know him or not, and you think, well, he has to accept me because I've done so much good. But God loves his law. And God is righteous. And by his law, he says that if we do not follow everything that he has commanded, we are under a curse that we cannot shake. And I get that some of us do not feel the gravity of this tonight. I get if you're not a Christian and you're here, you're wondering, what am I talking about? The sinful nature within you is churning up every possible excuse, every possible self-justification that you could come up with, that I am not that bad, I am not cursed, God will love me just as I am. But God will not rewrite his word for any of us. God wrote the law and he loves the law and he will not revoke it just to let us in on good intentions. If you're a Christian here tonight, I just want to ask, are you still living under that curse? If you're not a Christian, I understand that you are under this, that this is still reality for you. But if you know Christ, if you know what he's done, are you still living as though you were cursed? Are you still trying to earn your performance with God? Are you still trying to prove yourself to God? Are you still, are you still feeling angry at yourself and, and hating yourself after you sin? That's not your job. Paul makes all of this clear. We're going to get to the good news tonight, but I wanted to lay a foundation that the Bible says that our righteousness is but filthy rags, and we have done everything that it would take to condemn us. That's the foundation I wanted to lay tonight, but we're going to get to the good news. Paul says to the Christians in Galatia who thought that they had to earn their standing before God with good works, he says, you foolish Galatians, who has cast a spell on you? before whose eyes Jesus was publicly portrayed as crucified, you saw it. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by what you heard? I would ask the same question tonight. Did we become Christians or will we become Christians based off what we do? Or will it be based off what he's done? Did we receive the spirit of God because he was impressed with us? Because who wouldn't be impressed with us? Who wouldn't be impressed with whiny, frustrated, less than faithful Christians who barely get it right and who gripe and grumble at this God who's only done anything but love us? Who would not want that? It is not our power that lifts this curse. This curse is real and it has been brought upon us by our uh, sin, but I want you to look at what Paul finishes with. I want you to look at what Good Friday is all about. In verse 13, it says, but Christ redeemed us from this curse by becoming a curse for us. Because it is written, everyone or cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. 
what I want us to understand tonight is that we have sinned against the holy God. We cannot save ourselves. We cannot make ourselves righteous before God, but we have to understand what Jesus has done. He became a curse when the unliftable weight of God's wrath should have consumed us, he stepped in and it consumed him instead. Christ, who knew no sin, became sin for us. He became sin. He endured the agonizing pain of false accusations. He went under trials, public humiliations. He was mocked by his friends. The crack of the whip ripped his back to shreds, bone and glass pulling flesh. The sandy wind of the Middle East that cuts through normal flesh was cutting through his open wounds. He was mocked by the Romans. He was disoriented from the loss of blood. The weight of the cross was paralyzing for him. The splinter scraping against his back was torturous. The crown of razor sharp thorns upon his head and the crowd, to make it worse, was yelling, crucify him, crucify him. But to top it off, the physical brutality was not worse than the spiritual reality that Jesus Christ experienced. Because for all eternity, this Jesus had been in right relationship with God. For all eternity, he had known nothing but intimacy with his father. And in this moment, he comes to earth for cursed people like us. And he drinks the curse of God's wrath. Every sin, every thought, every motivation, every website, everything that we have done was in the cup of God's wrath. And Jesus said, no, I will take it. What Christ did is he provided a different way. We can go on living and believing that we can save ourselves. We can go on believing that we're good. We can think that we can overturn the curse. We can think that we can do it through religion or through job security performance. We can continue to justify ourselves. Or we can stand before the bloodied cross and we can look at it and we can see that this is what our sin has done to the Savior, but this is what his love has done for us. The paradigm that needs to be shifted for us is that we are not good. He is. The heavy shadow of our guilt consumed him, but it was for a purpose. He was struck down so that we could stand up and walk away free. He was stricken with our curse so that we could be healed. He suffered the violent pains of death so we could live. On Good Friday, 2,000 years ago, Christ hung upon a tree and he was beaten and he was mocked, and he was scorned, and he was murdered, and around 3 p.m., he took his final agonizing breath. And what Jesus said in that breath, some of the most important words that have ever been uttered in human history, he said, it is finished. What does that mean? It means that the extent of the curse the extent of God's wrath that was pointed at you and I for our sin is finished. By all accounts, the people who were watching might have thought Jesus was trying to save face, but they had no idea how powerful these words actually were. It is finished. If you're a Christian today, I challenge you to live a free life. 
to not live a cursed life, to not live a life where you're constantly striving to earn God's affection for you. God's affection's already there for you. You don't have to earn anything. We started out under a curse, but Christ became our curse. Rest in that. Let your heart rest in that. If you're not a Christian, I don't want to water this down for you. You need Christ. You cannot save yourself. You are under a curse that cannot be lifted by you or by me. You need Christ. So please, before you leave, understand what he's done. Turn to him. Humble yourself. Bow down before the cross. Ask him to save you. Beg for him to come into your life and to rescue you. He is the only remedy.